This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains-like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. I was under the impression, you know, I could I can sleep on things. I can take time to mow this over, and I'll talk to them tomorrow. And that's not the case in this situation. You know, uh, there was a, there was a time where like two and a half weeks went by, and I wasn't able to have a private conversation. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues coming at you with this week in Bachelor Nation. That means we're going to give you all those sweet tids. We're going to give you those screams from the pit. We're going to give you all those parasocial plays, parasocial creature plays, all those gains. Got a big show. What's been going on in the nation this week? Big show. Big, big twibbing today. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get to those great segments... We got to tell you about a piece of business first. Two pieces of business. We have our official Sauce Wars merch here, designed by the incredible Ella Tolkien. You can pick from 
five different colors to proudly peacock in whatever side of the sauce wars you are on. Just go to gameofroses.co to pick those up. And we also have for a limited time available also at gameofroses.co our 4TRR shirt. That was the shirt that launched the modern era of gore merch, also designed by Ella Tolkien. It is a statement of the primary rule of our beloved game for the right reasons. You can pick it up for a limited time. We re-released it in celebration of Katie Thurston wearing that shirt in one of her Instagram stories not that long ago. It's the shirt that launched a thousand ships. Friendships. That was very well done. Thank you. And that's it for business. But clues, before we get into it, I do feel I must address something. You might be wondering why I've packed my suitcase. I've got my TSA pre-check. I've gathered my dongles <laughs> in a baggie. All my liquids are in one bag as well. That's because I'm going on a trip. A trip to... Conspiracy Town. Population 2. Oh, well. Regarding... <laughs> Logan Palmer's COVID. <laughs> Which leads us directly into <laughs> Game of Roses. State of the game. This Logan's COVID thing is, mm -hmm. in my opinion, potentially one of the biggest things that's ever happened in the game. And it reveals some things about how they're constructing the game, I believe. And the controversy surrounding the idea that he does not have COVID is not something that we are the only ones promoting. I've heard a lot of podcasts talking about this. I have seen a lot of conjecture about it on uh, social media. And now Logan himself has issued a statement on Instagram. He's popped up in a couple of videos that are from him uh, outside on a red carpet before the shooting or maybe after the shooting of the mental all where he's he's saying some things. Nowhere is this man mentioning COVID in any mm -hmm. of these things. The word COVID appears nowhere. No, the word COVID appears nowhere. And there is. OK, we chose this for our state of the game. You said you were in conspiracy town during our breakdown. Mm -hmm. I said I was on the outskirts looking in. And now that the week has, you know, simmered and marinated. I have joined this town with you because there's just too much going mm -hmm. on. A clip from the season-long promo has been going around, and in it, Dark Lord Palmer is telling Logan that something has made someone cry, and he has to pack his bags, and Dark Lord Palmer doesn't have a mask on. And not only this, but we have this parasocial play from Logan. His swan song parasocial play that hints at something else going on as well. So this Instagram post contains two images. The first is a solo shot, and then the second has a collage of photos of him with the second audience. And the caption included both an apology to Rachel Recchia and a mental health PTC. Reading in part, Rachel, I'm sorry that I added more difficulty to an already challenging journey. That was never my intention, but it was inspiring how strong you were through it all. Gabby, thank you for taking a chance on me. The stars didn't quite align with you and I, but I am a better person for knowing you. Dot, 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 dot. 
I have struggled with my mental health since I was 12 years old, and this process was more difficult in that arena than I ever thought possible. Destructive thoughts and constant doubts are hurdles that I think everyone relates to at some point, but not everyone talks about. I want to be transparent about that part of my journey, too, and I hope I can be a safe place for others who struggle with it. Acknowledging my mental health and how it affects those around me will be a priority in my life moving forward. Dot, 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 dot. It wasn't all roses, but I am grateful for it all. A number of things in this. First of all, the stars are not aligning. Mm -hmm. Is this a vague reference to COVID? What is this a reference to? (laughs) That could be anything. It could just be the timing was off or they didn't, they weren't as compatible or he came to team Gabby too late. That could mean anything. But like Mm -hmm. we're saying, nowhere in this does he say anything about COVID or I just got unlucky. Sorry, I got sick. He doesn't even say. I wish this could have Mm -mm. continued. There's nothing about that. It's a full acceptance of the end of his journey and then this reference to mental health struggles. So this is kind of a post-facto PTC being played a little bit here, but it's also, Mm -hmm. it's just strange to me that there's nothing in this about COVID. And I'm not saying that that this is the case here, but in many cases... Players have to approve these types of things, these types of posts through the producers. So maybe he did say something about COVID and they were like, take that out for whatever reason. But the handling of this COVID incident within the show, this is the first time any player has gotten COVID, or at least that's what they're saying, in the document. Mm -hmm. It is the first time we've seen it. And this is how they handle it. One sentence from Dark Lord Palmer saying he tested positive for COVID, and then they never say the word COVID again. They don't tell the other players about it. They only tell Gabby Windy and the rest of the camera crew, obviously, who's shooting that. So ostensibly, those are the only people who know about it, or that's how they presented it. It just seems very right. strange to me. And, and also that no one else got COVID, that he was in an enclosed room shirtless. They're pouring whipped cream on each other. He's making out with her up until that point, you know. It seems very strange to me that no one else got it. Yeah, they're all getting whipped by the same whip. <laughs> the no COVID, COVID whip. on the whip. SNM Susie, how's she doing? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyone check in on her? Yeah, there was just there has just been so much this week that is vague about it. I saw Mike Fleiss is like liking some tweet with a conspiracy theory about it. There's just too much vagaries going on for me to believe that this is the full story. And we never saw anything about Logan's mental health in the document. So what is he referring to? I don't know. It it definitely makes me think there's at least some footage we're not seeing, which is obviously always the case in any document. There's a lot, there's mountains of footage that we never get to see. But their handling of this is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, if he did actually have COVID, the treatment of it in the document is very strange. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. This is why we believe mm-hmm. a conspiracy is afoot is because <laughs> it's weird. Like it's not sitting right with anyone. But then the second piece of it is, I think, stranger still. If he did not have COVID and they send in the host of the show to say that he did, to lie about his health record... This is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. the biggest lie the producers have ever told in the history of the show. To go in and say, this person has COVID when they don't. In order to what? 
just kind of silence the conversation about why... Disappear someone. Yeah, right. To disappear him and not have to talk about why he was disappeared. I mean, there's multiple reasons why I could see them downplaying the COVID. They want to be able to keep doing production in Europe and being able to travel. Um, They've obviously done this huge partnership with a cruise ship, and cruise ships are notorious for spreading COVID and Mm -hmm. maybe don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, he got COVID on this cruise ship, and you will too. (laughs) But there are certain, at least it's my understanding, there are certain legal practices in place. If you're on a production of any kind and someone gets COVID, it has to be shut down for multiple days. Everyone has to quarantine, especially if you're in a bubble like they were there. But they're not really in a bubble because they're mm-hmm. going into you know other places. They're getting whipped by Susie the Dominatrix and all that. It's yeah, they were gonna go wrestle in the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, the in Belgium chocolate COVID, chocolate covered COVID. But this all just doesn't sit well with me. And I think, I don't know if we'll ever get the full story of what this is. But at the very least, the the kind of most innocent version of it is that he did actually have COVID and they didn't tell anyone in the production, which I think is not legal. Again, my conjecture, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying that that is the truth. I believe it's, it's possible, though. I saw Pardeep tweet about this, that it would violate HIPAA if they told people he was covid positive who he hadn't like allowed to see that so it was like maybe he's allowed gabby to know that but not the other guys i don't know but at least on a production you have to say someone you have to say someone has tested positive for covid at least on a production but they're also releasing this information to everyone watching the tv show i know it's it's post fact like it's months out from when they actually shot it but we now yeah. all know his medical history. That has to go against whatever Pardeep's talking about, right? And they don't give a fuck about that. I mean, I know that you signed the contract <laughs> and give up your civil rights and everything, but... Yeah, what do you say about that, Pardeep? <laughs> something is weird here with this, and I don't know that we'll ever get to the bottom of it, unfortunately. Believe me, mm-hmm. I've got some feelers out. I'm trying, to, trying my mm-hmm. best to get to the bottom of this, and if I can get any factual information, I will certainly release it. I just, I don't know. It it feels weird in a way to me that nothing in the show really ever has. Even when they did uh, the surprise Chase Rice date in season 24 on Victoria Fuller and Popeye, I was like, that is some sinister ass shit. But it was within mm-hmm. the purview of what I think producers would do. Like, that's nasty. They brought in this fucking person to try and wreck her. Fine. This is something weirder. They just removed him completely from the program. That doesn't seem right. That is that doesn't even seem to me like what they would do if he had COVID. <laughs> right? Wouldn't they zoom him? Something, yes. Be like, I'm so sorry to end this journey, Gabby. Exactly. Why wouldn't they give him a final out? They would give him some, yeah, some ITM at least, or even after the fact, once he's negative again. I mean, the only other example I can think of was when they disappeared that guy from Hannah Brown's season. I think it was earlier on so they could kind of get away with that. Mm -hmm. And the fourth audience wasn't as like researchy as perhaps they've come to be at this point. (laughs) Right. But that guy was disappeared because I think he had sexual assaults. Yeah. It was something like that. Allegations. And so they just realized like, oh shit, we cast a bad one. People are going to be pissed. Disappear him. Maybe that's what's going on here. I mean, look, I've heard a bunch of rumors 
that I won't repeat because they're completely unsubstantiated, but I am hearing one mm-hmm. specifically multiple times again and again that would uh, definitely mean there was no COVID. I'll just say that <laughs> if it's true, but I don't know if it is. So again, I don't want to repeat it. I don't want to put like bad mm-hmm. information in, uh, around this because I do want to know what is yeah. factual here. To be clear, we have no information. We don't have any proof that he doesn't have COVID. Correct. We are, this is just our conjecture, our conspiracy town, as we are want to do on this show to use our imaginations. I would say that you and I have probably done analysis of at least the Bachelor document on a level that no one else has. And I think Mm -hmm. that we are very attuned to what is presented in the document and how it's presented. And this is for both of us, just like sending up red flags, like what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, It's very weird. I've never seen anything like it in any part of the game. And I, again... Something's off here. And I think, too, like if you want to broaden this out into like, what does this really mean for the game? It, to me, is kind of like a piece of the current producer tier not understanding how to construct this document correctly. And we've seen it through this whole season. No one's getting enough time to really become a character for us to get to know any of them. I would say the two leads included. Um, And now we're seeing like, this is how they handle whatever this is. Whether it's real COVID or fake COVID, this is how they handle it. A single sentence mm-hmm. from Dark Lord Palmer and then never mentioned again and you never see the person again. Now that person is going to be a mental all. Logan is that person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was the line you said he said during an interview before mental all or after? Uh, it was the thing that we opened this very episode with where he said that he thought he was right. going to have... Um, you know, time to talk to who, whatever lead he wanted to talk to. And then the producers essentially held him prisoner for two weeks and he didn't get to see that person. A two-week turtle where yeah. all you get to do is do ITMs and talk to the bros. It just really also puts into very crystal clear focus the nature of this game that you're trying to build a relationship with someone and then they sequester that person or you for two fucking weeks You don't even get to talk to them. And he was the only one that had overlap, they stated, that both of them were into. You would think you'd at least talk to one of them. But, I mean, this also reveals that they neither of them were into him. They didn't care. All of that is fake. Gabby Wendy's even come out and said that she wouldn't have taken Logan to hometowns anyway. She said that in an interview recently. She was like, these three guys were the only guys I was going to take. And if there would have been a fourth, it would have been Nate. But that didn't work out they're not interested in him. The producers are like, we need somebody to switch teams. It's going to be him. You have to pretend to be sad. You have to pretend to want him on your team. And now you have to pretend to have COVID. (laughs) Yeah, now you have to pretend that we're telling you he has COVID and and that that's real. I mean, the fact that they didn't really care about him is, I'll just, I mean, none of them have said that, but like that's 100% obvious to me. He's a, a producer tool in this to try and like, spin up some mid-season drama, essentially. To be clear, this is conjecture. We have no proof. Yeah, we don't have proof. We just have, you know, 26 seasons of Bachelor and 19 seasons of Bachelorette as historical record where they do shit like this every season. Yeah, I just, you know, I want to make it clear what Conspiracy Town is because we are journalists. No, I agree. And I'm not, again, none of this is factual. This is just our reaction to what we're seeing in a piece of media that we have at this point studied almost daily for three 
plus years. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> you know, when you put it like that, it sounds bad. <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> What am I doing? <laughs> no, it's like any, it's like a sports writer who just like constantly studies their sport or whatever. It's the same thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, we just wanted to use the state of the game to really talk about this because I think something weird is going on here again in a way that it never has. And I don't know what it means for the future of the sport. Like, if they can get away with this, let's say Logan didn't have COVID and like this is it, this is just the end of it. There's going to be some podcasts talking about it for a couple of weeks and then it goes away. What's next? What else can they do? You know, I think that this is a right. a moment where like if they're not if if it's not true and they're not called on it, this is a moment where they start to realize, oh, we can do anything. It doesn't matter. That's a little frightening to me. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that they don't already realize that. I'm watching, you know, FBoy Island season 2 right now. Very, very entertaining. But it it really crystallizes the like 4TRR versus 4TWR thing. And I'm like, why aren't half of the people producer plants just designed to be characters? Why not? Because I think that there's they've had their system in place for casting since whatever, March of or I guess a few months before March, it would be like January uh 2002. And um you know, if it ain't broke, like I think they'll do that same casting procedure every time. And then if it is actors, if it is producer plants, like do they have to pay them? They're definitely never doing that. So they'll cast people mm. who are like compliant, who are malleable. Right. They'll cast their meatballs. They'll cast their Ed Waste brats, you know. They're not producer plants, but they might as well be. Yeah. And they probably offer right. them paradise deals at this point. Like just do what we say. Pour this fucking tomato sauce all over yourself. We'll resurrect you. We'll we'll bring you back to paradise. I mean, all that's fake. Rachel Reckia allowing Meatball back in the game, which we didn't even see, by the way. Another example of poor creation of the document. That's all fake. Rachel Reckia doesn't give a shit about Meatball. She's not trying to pursue a relationship with him. The producers are like, we need this guy to dump some more sauce or whatever the fuck he's going to do. Tattle, swab the deck, whatever they want him to do, he's going to do. That means Rachel Reckia, you got to give him another chance. Okay, great. I cannot say whether she cares about him for TRR or not. Who knows? What we've seen, it seems like she she does not. It seems yeah. like he's an ed, the Ed Waysbrot of this season. But we don't know. Maybe they cut out their true connection. Come on. Those producers told him to reject the rose because that was part of their initial story. Then they were like, fuck, the math doesn't work. And we need somebody to do a tattle strategy. Bring him back in. All right, Rachel, you're going to... I mean, it, that shit is like crystal clear to me. Very apparent. But we just wanted to, again, take this state of the game to discuss the Logan Palmer COVID diagnosis and our uh, inability to take it at face value and take that for what it's worth. <laughs> I, I, again, don't yeah. know factually if he had COVID or not. And we don't mean to, you know, raise the alarm if he did. But even if he did, I think it was presented in a strange way. The way he's speaking about it afterwards is also presented in a strange way, not like a person who got kicked off a show for COVID. Exactly. Like if that was true, if he really was removed from the show because of COVID, wouldn't it be like, oh, fuck, we had such a great connection. This is such shitty timing. This is so bad. Hopefully you'll get another chance. Wouldn't the show immediately tweet out like we'd love to have you come back next season? You know, yeah. Wish I hadn't licked all the doorknobs on S and M Susie's place. You know, something like that. 
<laughs> anyway, that is state of the game. Now we're going to move on to the next segment of our program in which we discuss all of those beautiful movements of the numbers. This is... This Week in Games. We begin our Games segment as we begin it every week by discussing the ratings of our beloved game. The sixth episode of the historic Windeckia Season 19 of The Bachelorette pulled in a .76 in the 18 to 49-year-old demographic with 3.29 million viewers overall. The demo was up from last week about 1%, while the overall viewers fell by roughly the same margin. And our beloved game maintained the top spot across all networks Monday night, beating out American Ninja Warrior on ABC, The Neighborhood on CBS, Don't Forget the Lyrics on Fox, and of course, Roswell, New Mexico over on The CW, who enjoyed a stunning 25% increase in overall viewers, bringing them up to 500,000. Good job, Roswell. <laughs> I like how this has just become also <laughs> tracking Roswell, New Mexico's rating. I couldn't believe it. When I saw in the ratings chart that they had a fucking 0.0, .0 rating, I was like, this what is going on? Network TV is just fucking right. over. It's over. Why aren't they just playing a repeat of something else? Why aren't they just playing a black screen? No one's watching it in the demo. Literally zero people in the demo. So you can't charge ad money. It's crazy to me. And now for the horse race that we're all watching. Some might call it the Blanco race. This is the Gabby Wendy Rachel Recchia race to 1 million Instagram followers. I don't know if we can even call it a horse race at this point because the lovable dingbat Gabby Windy picked up speed with her lead, gaining much more than double the rate of Rekia this week, gaining 38K, bringing her to 663K total. Rachel Rachel Rekia picked up 9K, bringing her to 437K total. This is over a 200K disparity at this point. Wendy gained 600 on TikTok, bringing her to 33.9K total. And Rekia gained 800, bringing her to 69.4K total. DLP gained 2K this week. He's at 171K right now. And let's now move on to the top five Instagram gains chart for the players of Bachelorette Season 19. The gold medal in gains goes to Nate Mitchell, the package deal player. He gained 18.5K this week for his tearful 4TRR swan song exit bump, bringing him to 47K followers total. Although we don't know who the next Bachelor is going to be, the edit that Nate Mitchell received in this last episode certainly was very indicative of his name being in that mix. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> <laughs> 50 ITFs. Oh my God. Yeah, it was uh, it was a stunning thing to see, but I'm still putting my money on Hey Tyler Cameron or Peter Krause. The silver medal in gains this week goes to Eric Schwerer. He gained 13.3K followers, bringing him to 30.9K total. The bronze medal in gains goes to Ethan Kang. He gained 12.1K this week for his swan song exit bump and continued dominance in the parasocial arena, bringing him to 19.5K followers total. And fourth place goes to Tino Franco, he gained 7.2K for his baby back bitchery this week, bringing him to 31.4K total. You like that? Yeah, that was funny. I like that one. And rounding out the top five in gains, 
Fifth place is Zach Shalcross. He gained 6K this week, bringing him to 18.1K followers total. Looks like this player shall cross the 20K club next week. (laughs) The 20K club. Oh, God. Top five total Instagram chart for today, August 18th, 2022, has finally changed. We see now someone is at the top. That someone is potentially the future bachelor, Nate Mitchell. He jumped into the lead with 47K total. Magician Robert Roby Sobieski finally dropped to second place at 35.2K. And that bumped down Jordan Vandergriff to third place with 34.5K total. Tino Franco maintained fourth place at 31.4K total. And rounding out this abysmal top five is Eric Schwer with 30.9K. <laughs> and now for the top five TikTok chart. Ethan Kang is still the only one really gaining anything in this space with a gain of 1.9K this week, bringing him to 4.7K total. But the top five remain unchanged. Alec Garza holds on to first at 22.4K. Matt LeBas has 16.5K in second place. Chris Austin, 8.9K in third. And the Young Twins at fourth and fifth place at 6.1K. So Ethan Kang is knocking at the door of the top mm. five. Uh, He's producing viral video after viral video. So I assume yeah. he will join this chart hopefully soon. I think so too. You know, Bachelor Data put out an interesting post about that compares all of the um, Instagram games for the, the most recent Bachelors and Bachelorettes since about 2020, since before the pandemic with like Pilot Pete and Hannah Brown and all them hitting 2 million and how that doesn't happen anymore. And just... Season by season, it has gone down, the Instagram count. Mm -hmm. And she attributes it to the rise of TikTok, where people seem to be getting a little more engagement, although that doesn't measure up with these players. I don't know exactly what Mm -hmm. is going on in terms of social media. I would say this season, the biggest problem is the presentation of the show. We don't get a good sense of who any of these people are. And so why would you want to follow them on any social media? I saw a good meme about it that was like, we were promised a double of everything and instead we get half of everything. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And the half you get is the least interesting half. It's it's like they have to focus in on what they perceive as the important moments so you don't get any of the colorful shit that is like what really builds out yeah. characters. The funny stuff and the weird things they do with each other in the house and you know all that shit. Like That's just gone from this entire season. Just no. nowhere. We haven't seen a single friendship story. And people love that shit. That's how you build the characters. You show them doing things outside the context of telling a PTC or raising their love levels. Those things are important for the game, certainly. But in terms of like building characters and and making celebrities within your the fandom of your show, Mm -hmm. you have to give us reasons to like these people outside of the strict structure of the game. And they're just not doing it. But speaking of the strict structure of the game, let's move on to all those tids. And the first one up, is about the structure of the game. Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. 
I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. This is Bad. 
Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News, we want to run down the remainder of the airing schedule for the rest of this season as we move into what will be a historic Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. So, we have six more episodes left. And this is how they're going to air. Episode 7 of this season is, you might remember, Hometowns because it was said, I believe, 26 times total throughout the course of this last episode. (laughs) Unreal. Oh, I think we're going to get so much character development from seven hometowns crammed into one episode. This is going to be the worst hometowns I think that they've ever done. But that said, I think there might be some shining moments because if your hometown is based around like a, a parent not giving you consent to get married or a mean family member or something... That's all they're going to show. It's going to be like walk in the front door mm-hmm. and then the dad's screaming at you one second later. So it could be hilarious. Yeah, I don't crying. know. Yeah, we'll see. It'll just be quick clips of all of the parents crying. <laughs> yeah. You look so happy. You look so happy. I don't believe in this show. It's just... Um, that'll be how I do my cut down. Anyway, episode seven, Hometowns, is going to air Monday, August 22nd. That is this coming Monday. Then we have the Men Tell All... Monday, August 29th, the following Monday. Then we have episode eight is the first of two Fantasy Suite episodes airing Monday, September 5th. Now, I don't know if Rachel Recchia and Gabby Windy are going to each get their own Fantasy Suite episode or if they're going to mix them up so that we we see like a Gabby Windy Fantasy Suite, then a Recchia, then a Windy, then a Recchia. Then we switch to the next episode and see that same order. I have no idea. Hmm. Weird. I agree. This will be the first time we've ever seen two Fantasy Suite episodes. I mean, it's the first time we have dual leads. But the next Fantasy Suite episode, episode nine of the whole season, airs Tuesday, September 13th, because Monday Night Football is on ABC that week. And then the following week, again, is a Tuesday finale. And after the final rose, that's also on Tuesday, September 20th, because again, that Monday also is Monday Night Football on ABC. And so that rounds out the Bachelorette season. And then the very next Tuesday, September 27th, is the premiere of Paradise Season 8. So that's what we got lined up. That's how the rest of the season is going to play out. Get ready for those Tuesday uh, episodes starting on September 13th. And this very strange fantasy, double fantasy suite episodes. I'm hoping they will structure the fantasy suites. It'll just be one as a Gabby Wendy, one as a Rachel Recchia. But then whoever has that first fantasy suite airing, you're then going to be a week removed from seeing that lead or any of her final guys at all going into the finals. It's This is just a mess. I think it will be each Bachelorette gets her own episode. I think that is what will happen. Do you think Gabby Wendy is going to give three roses to get people to fantasy suites and do three? Or is she going to just have one fewer each round? I have no idea. Well, no, haven't we seen in, or no, I guess the person who gets pissed is um, Tino's dad, I think, right? Or Tino says something know. bad. I don't, I don't know either from the fucking promos. I have no idea what's going on. The season is uh, hard to follow at the very least, but that is what the schedule is. We'll be covering every one of those games. Uh, And on the Tuesday episodes, our recaps will be coming out Wednesday. Right. Next up in Bachelor Nation news, Clayton Eckerd and Susie Evans are ending their cohabitation in favor of a possible long-distance relationship. 
After spending several months living together in Virginia Beach, Virginia, Eckerd recently appeared on the Not Skinny But Not Fat podcast, where he delivered the news that he and Evans have both decided to leave their current dwelling in favor of two separate locations. Eckerd explained that they each want the freedom to pursue their dreams, which means he will be enduring the heat in Scottsdale, Arizona, Lion Dyke country, while Evans will become the newest member of the LA Icons. Welcome to the team. Eckerd maintains that this is not the end of their romantic relationship by saying, we're like, we don't know if it's going to be a month-long relationship from here or if it's going to be a lifetime, but like, there's no pressure. Let's just love each other and be thankful. We're very happy right now and in a really great spot. Eckerd went on to explain that he and Evans will only be a 50-minute flight apart, and as he put it, a little distance never hurts. But many in the nation beg to differ, seeing this geographic separation as a precursor to an inevitable romantic separation. While only time will tell, the odds are forever not in any couple's favor in our beloved game, with only one bachelor in history still married to his ring winner. That is, of course, the golden boy, season 17, Sean Lowe. Whatever the future holds for the ultimate Viking and the rejecter of his final rose, we wish them both well and proudly welcome Susie Evans to the City of Angels. Clayton can't lose this relationship. She's so good at making parasocial plays. I know. I, I wonder what his parasocial life will become without her. I guess when they if they get together on the weekends, maybe they'll they'll still do some stuff together, but like it's only a four-hour drive. But I do think the couple it feels like the relationships are going to end whenever the couples aren't living in the same city or they have no plan to. So, Although Rachel yeah, Lindsay we'll has see. proven that to not be the case. She and Abbasolo did a stint apart and uh, they're still going strong. So I don't know. We will see. Time will tell. Good luck to them both. And again, welcome Susie Evans to our beloved city. Don't go to the Grove. <laughs> Next up in Bachelor Nation news... We're talking about something that we rarely discuss, fashion. An outfit from this week's game has sparked controversy within the nation and become newsworthy. We are, of course, referring to the red dress that rocked the nation. The $647 outfit from AZ Factory, worn by Rachel Recchia on the night portion of her one-on-one date with Zach Shalcross, has some citizens of the nation dumbstruck. Many took to social media to skewer the puffed sleeves with tweets like, are Rachel's dress sleeves full of tissues for her to use when she cries? And Rachel's red dress is the dumbest thing I have seen in ages. She looks like a 90s NFL player with those pads. The architect of the questionable look, Carrie Fetman, who has been the show's stylist for over two decades, took to Instagram in an effort to combat the criticisms of his less-than-well-received work with Rekia all season. But this week's look specifically... Fetman wrote, for all that think I hate her, let's just deal with this dress tonight. If you had the once in a lifetime chance to be the bachelorette, one, would you choose having a blast with high fashion clothes that you'd probably never have a chance to wear again? Or two, a sexy over the top black sequin dress or sexy silk dress? Vote one or two. What would you vote? I mean, I've never worn a dress, but I'd probably go with the sexy silk. (laughs) Same. (laughs) The looks drew comparisons to James Marsden in Enchanted and of Green Gables and even Lord Farquaad from Shrek. 
The reaction to this dress raised such a stir in the nation that even the hosts of Clickbait had something to say about what they perceived to be Rekia's inability to advocate for her own stylistic decisions, which we will be com- covering in the next Digging Deeper out this Monday. Tyler Cameron is also in the news this week. The man we are urging producers to pay any amount of money to secure him as the season 27 Bachelor was spotted in a New York City bar with a mystery woman days after blindsiding his ex-girlfriend, model Paige Lorenz, by breaking up with her on television. The steak enthusiast was enjoying the ambiance of the East Village's Little Sister Bar with a group of men and women, but one woman appeared to have her hands on the real Dirty Dancing star's waist for most of the night. We don't know the identity of this potential new romantic interest of Cameron's, but we strongly suggest producers pay Tyler Cameron immediately... to ensure he doesn't develop a relationship that would preclude him from becoming the next Bachelor. Please pay Tyler Cameron. Save the show. Hashtag pay Tyler Cameron. And that wraps up all the tids that were fit to print this week. Now we're going to move on to that segment of This Week in Bachelor Nation where we discuss all the plays that our favorite players are making off the field and in the metaverse. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. Sand player Genevieve Parisi reacted to the new Bachelor in Paradise promo on TikTok this week, recording herself lip syncing to the sound, funny, but not haha, funny, funny, I'm going to have a breakdown. Her caption reads, hibernation time. While we don't know what gameplay she winds up doing with Sand Twixter toes, this ominous video has 125.5k views and 5.4k likes on TikTok. Nate Mitchell posted his swan song to Gabby Windy on Instagram. In the three-image post, the caption reads, I cannot express enough how grateful I am to have shared this experience with you. You are truly an amazing person, both inside and out. From seeing you light up every room you inhabit, to the convos that would bring us both to tears. There is not a moment spent with you that I would take back. Heart emoji. Dot, dot, dot. I am forever going to be in your corner, and I pray that you find the person that loves you how you deserve to be loved. Dot, dot, dot. I strive to become a better person each and every day. My journey continues. Peace sign emoji. Hashtag team Gabby. The post has 33.4K likes and 1.4K comments. In a brilliant marketing play, fashion designer Rachel Antonoff posted a picture of Gabby and Rachel in the designer's Olivia prints with the caption, Our Olivia prints go together like two best friends on a traumatizing husband-finding cruise. The post has 634 likes. Susie Evans and Clayton Eckerd trolled the fourth audience with a hilarious duet to a Zachary reality TikTok. In the reality TikTok, Zachary says the pair are moving to different states, Clayton to Scottsdale and Susie to Los Angeles, while their previous plan had been to move to Arizona together. In the duet, the ultimate Viking Clayton Eckert and his girl Sue, ring winner Susie Evans, green screen themselves over images of the places, ending with the audio, I guess Susie has other aspirations and her career is taking her to LA. In the final image, Susie green screens herself, over a casting couch, implying a jokey career path. The video has 
730.9k views and 40.6k likes. Congrats to the pair of them and Zachary Reality for being such a big part of this astounding parasocial play. We've discussed before how rookie Ethan Kang is the only member of the Windekia players doing anything in the TikTok space. And parasocially, this week was the week of King Kang. <laughs> the infamous baby back bitch utterer posted his swan song to Rachel Reckia and Bachelor Nation on Instagram, discussing how grateful and unbelievable the journey was, but also including an implied request from producers to end the dwab. What a wild night, unforgettable journey, dot, dot, dot. As a Korean-American man, I want to say how truly honored I am to be the first full Asian-American to make it this far on The Bachelorette. With that said, why has it taken this damn long? As the only Asian male this season, it made me think, where is the Asian representation at Bachelor Nation? I believe love should never be discriminated by shape, color, creed, or sexual orientation. Dot, dot, dot. Thank you to Bachelor Nation. Embrace me with open arms. Dot, dot, dot. The post has 7.9K likes and 377 comments. Speaking of baby-backed bitches, King Kang made the baby-backed bitch TikTok we all have been waiting for. The video caption reads, when Tino starts acting out and Ethan nods his head in a car and cuts to the baby-backed bitch clip. This video has 10.1K views. And deserves billions more, in my opinion. All of these were excellent plays, but there can only be one winner. Our parasocial play of the week goes to Simu Lu, the Marvel star from the North with 2.8 million followers, took to his Instagram stories this week to tell the world he wants... Ethan Kang, a.k.a. King Kang, as the next Bachelor. He posted an image of Kang performing a voluntary nudity play, shirtless, grinning with the caption, Make this man the Bachelor, at Ethan Kang. Kang responded saying, quote, I'm speechless, one of my idols at Simu Lu. Thank you. Look, as you know, my first choice for Bachelor is in order to save the show by paying Tyler Cameron $1 million dollars, or whatever he wants, hashtag pay Tyler Cameron. My second choice is Peter Krause. I believe both of these moves would save the show. But if not, I choose Ethan Kang and let's end the dwab. It's time for a baby back bachelor. Signed off the Kang gang. King oh. Kang. King Kang gang. You creating the, the Kang gang? The Kang gang, yeah. Um, You know, I love Ethan Kang. What I'm saying is this. Ethan Kang, in my opinion... This isn't even my opinion. This is objectively true. He's the funniest player from this season. I think he's got yeah. the most kind of social media attention. He's got a fucking star of a Marvel franchise movie putting out social media asking for him to be The Bachelor. You got to do it. Like, I, I agree with you. Tyler Cameron, maybe Peter Krause. But if they're going to go a traditional route where they take a player from the prior mm -hmm. season, he's the fucking guy. You have Absolutely. to do it. I don't care about anyone else from this season, and I don't know what's going to happen in hometowns, and I don't know what's going to happen in one of 10 fucking fantasy suite episodes they're going to air. Maybe one of these players will kind of rise through or break through the, the malaise of not knowing who any of them are because we've seen maybe half of the, the time. <laughs> but um, if that's not the case, I do think Ethan King is a great fucking candidate for Bachelor. Absolutely. 
Will they do it? I don't know, but... I mean, he's making the push as well. He tweeted at Fleiss. And I love the work he's doing parasocially. I think he was a great, colorful narrator this season. He was kind of like the Gabby Windy of his season. And he act- he made me yeah. laugh out loud several times, which no one else is doing. I'm like, what is the argument for anyone else? Nate Mitchell amid controversy? He's got controversy. I also think he's kind of a boring player. King Kang is clean. Ethan Kang should be it. I mean, that I'm going to get into this a little bit in my scream, but I've been doing some re-edits of uh, <laughs> episodes. And I went back and I rewatched, obviously, the part where he's, uh, I believe he's talking to Avon. And he just kind of raises his eyebrows up. They're talking about Tino keeps winning. And he's like, and he was crowned the Cheese King. I mean, it's just fucking yeah. hilarious. Like, he has really good comedic timing. Yeah, and his bit about the being lactose intolerant. We love a lactose intolerant king. <laughs> Do we? Uh, those are all the human plays in the parasocial realm. Now we're going to move on to those plays made by our non-humans in the metaverse. This is the parasocial creature of the week. Sean Booth. Starts his dog, Walter, like a car in a funny reel on Instagram. (laughs) Hayden and Rambo visited the Tampa Humane Society to show their support for the organization. We must protect Rambo. I I mean, I think Hayden Markwitz is doing a good job of it. These were astonishing plays, but there can be only one parasocial creature of the week. And this week, that award goes to Tommy. Katie (laughs) Thurston's feline companion was featured in a stunning Instagram video on his own account this week that featured Thurston herself cradling Tommy like a human baby as she gently swayed with him. The look on his face says, I'm in my happy place. And the <laughs> caption accompanied by an automatically generated voice read when someone says it's just a cat, but that cat is your entire world. Teary eye emoji, cat head emoji, hashtag cats of Instagram. Emotional acoustic guitar music scores this video. That has 1,383 likes and 59 comments. Congrats to Tommy and to Thurston. Congratulations. And that rounds out all the parasocial plays, both human and non, that we have for you this week. Now it is time for Pace Case and myself to step to the edge of the pit and jump in with no rope, no parachute, and fall straight to the bottom at the deepest part where we will issue forth our screams. This is... Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, You're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes 
so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses we're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer it's a great time of year it's a time for renewal for me that means reconnecting with friends and family i haven't seen for a while and when i do i want to make sure i have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with that's why first leaf is a great option. As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Screams from the pit! I'm not even sure if I should say my scream this week, Clues. It's, uh... Why? It's it's saucy-in. Oh, you bring some sauce into the pit? You know what happens to sauce as soon as it gets in the pit? It fucking vaporizes. I've, it's gone. I've drank the sauce before. <laughs> the pit is a sauce. So- what is it? No sauce zone. This this scream is it's something that came up in our meeting this morning. We we had our weekly meeting, me, Bachelor Clues, Grayson Parks, aka the Dark Seeker, and Dark Lord Palmer came up. And you both were talking about Palmer and saying DLP's dark energies are permeating his being fully at this point. 
He's gone full dark lord. Everything he does is sinister, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I disagreed. <laughs> and I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I have been won over by the dark energies. And they only come off to me as innocent terminants. I believe Dark Lord Palmer when he's telling me that Logan has COVID, even though obviously I shouldn't. And I don't know what why this is or why I'm differing with you both on this. Maybe it's because he tweeted about who Jews. But I, I have found myself, I am Team Palmer. And I know what it means. I know it's Saucian, but his terminance is working on me. Did you ever have this kind of a feeling about Dark Lord Harrison? No, absolutely not. Zero terminants. <laughs> Tell that to Lauren Xenia. Um, okay, this is very interesting to me. And what do you attribute it to? Mm-hmm. I know you're saying his charminants, but like, what is it? Is it how he delivers the lines? Is it his look? Okay, I think the look has something to do with it. Definitely, okay. I'm, I'm human. I think I think I had low expectations <laughs> yeah. for him as a host, very low expectations. And I don't know, there's just something about how he talks to Gabby and Rachel where I'm like I feel like he's on their side even though I know he's not. Yeah, I mean, I will say his darkness is more insidious than Dark Lord Harrison's. Dark Lord Harrison's was worn right out mm. front. It was like I am evil incarnate. Jesse Palmer's like, "Hey, I'm just, I'm in this with you, okay? Rachel, there's no such thing. You can't be the perfect bachelorette. It's impossible, Rachel. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. I know. I tried. Meanwhile, it's like, you didn't fucking try, dude. You had a, a mole on your season. You had a friend of yours in the player pool feeding you fucking information. At any rate. Don't get me started on season five. No, you know what? You know why he doesn't think he was the perfect bachelor? It's just that one clip where he said the wrong name. Yeah. He's like, I made my, I had my stumbling blocks too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was a professional football player, Rachel, and not even I could do it right. But I think that you're right about this. Palmer has, there is a luster on him still that at least I think he's pulling off, which is a newness. Like he yeah. hasn't been weighed down by the like darkness of the show yet. Yes. But he has, like, he's fully embraced it because he's worked with Fleiss for a while. He did that other fucking Fleiss show. He was a host of it. The one that had, like, some uh, Bachelor... The surfing show? No, that wasn't a Fleiss show, but he did host that, too. Ultimate Surfer. There was... Oh, it was called The Proposal. It, it was uh, another Fleiss show that was, like, a one-episode Bachelor, basically, where they'd have everybody on a stage mm. and you'd, like, kind of the bachelor or bachelorette would whittle down like a field of 15 people. And then they were supposed to propose to each other at the end of it. Um, so he's worked with flies. He's been in the evil. He, the darkness has been in him for a minute, but I think you're right that he has the ability to play it off. And you know, the famous quote, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making people think he didn't exist. And that's exactly what he's done to you. I mean, I know he's done it to me. Like I saw him, host cancel the cocktail party host the rose ceremony where logan hadn't switched sides yet just to cause more misery like he actively did that i know that to be true and yet i i'll have to do some more thinking about it you know this is a revelation i had this morning i'm gonna give you something to think about 
The shit we talked about at the beginning of this fucking episode, the COVID shit, right? I know. Think of I his know. role in that. One, Logan really has COVID. And they tell him, go in there and tell Gabby's got COVID. Now go tell these other guys nothing about it. Walk in there and don't say a fucking word about COVID. That's either true or the flip side is, motherfucker doesn't have COVID and they say go in there and tell Gabby Wendy he has fucking COVID and he doesn't. But maybe he thought, maybe he was tricked. Maybe he was tricked also. I must, he, maybe he was told Logan had COVID. Ah! Maybe he saw a Photoshop picture of a test. And then he's like, do I fucking have COVID, motherfuckers? No, come on. <laughs> he's got no, like, uh, personal concern. They're like, Morgan had COVID. Okay, well, what do you need me to do? Just go in there and tell somebody else who might also have COVID? You just need me to go in a couple of rooms with other people who probably have COVID? That's, that's what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I don't think he had COVID. Anyway, fantastic scream. I'm glad that you're uh, Thank you. enjoying Dark Lord Palmer as much as you are. To me, he is 10 times more sinister than Dark Lord Harrison. And for that, I also enjoy him. <laughs> well, I hope you just give me grace. Of course, all the grace that you need. I give you grace. I give you time. Clarity. Speaking of time, my scream this week involves time of a different nature. It involves the time of the document itself and condensing it. For anyone listening who follows Bachelor (laughs) Clues on Instagram, I've made two videos so far in which I take the entire episode and I break it down, condense it into about a two-minute clip that gives you all the important shit you need to know in it. And the process by which I do this is I literally take the entire episode into a video editor and I rewatch it all and just cut out the shit that I think is unnecessary. So I have to rewatch it all frame by frame. You're re-editing the show. (laughs) Yes, I'm re-editing the show. Oh my God. And I thought that I was at a point where it would be hard for me to hit like, new plateaus or to, to break through new ceilings of information or understanding of the game. But in doing this, in re-editing entire episodes, I'm learning so much about how they are constructed. I feel like it is giving me a, a new understanding of the document. Maybe not the game. I, I feel like I understand the mechanics of the game pretty well. I don't know how much better I can understand it. But in terms of how it's constructed, how they're presenting it, I am learning. It's like a whole new area of study for me. And I fucking love it. It's a new area of the pit. I feel like I've broken new ground in some new fucking cave. Some new depth has been reached. I'm just down in some kind of dark fucking area now, hunched over my laptop, re-editing episodes that I've already watched, by the way, two times. Once to take notes, once to find meme shit, and now once for editing. So I'm watching every episode basically three times now. Yeah. Oh God. Three times? I feel like that's not a good idea. And also the process to even get the episode to get the video to edit it requires me to at least have it on in the background because I have to let it play in real time on my computer to get that video. And then I have to transfer that video into a usable editable file. It's like a whole fucking process. And I'm just like, never thought I could be more involved in this this strange uh i know but like that's a repeating that's a repeating thing though is you think you can't go deeper and then you do i found a new level with this editing that is my scream but i'm happy to do it and now we're gonna move on to play another scream for you if you have joined us in the bottom of the pit by going to patreon.com slash game of roses 
you get access to our Discord. On that Discord, you can submit your own screams. They have to be audio files that are a minute or less, and we play some of them right here. The one we're about to play right now comes for, to us from Alex B. Wilson. Are you ready, Pace Case? Let's go. Hey, Pit Dwellers. My name's Alex, and this is my screen. So as most of us probably are, I am typically regarded as the Bachelor historian in most of my friend groups. And I think a lot of times that information really does come in handy. However, here's one time it maybe didn't. So last week, I was at book club, and we were discussing the book that we'd read. Here's one of the discussion questions we were asked. Nora sees herself as the villain in someone else's love story. Who are some of your favorite villains? Well, basically forgetting every book I've ever read and diving straight into the pit, I immediately shout out Nick Vial because he really is my favorite villain. And let's face it, he's writing a hell of a story. Um, we love to hate him. We hate to love him. And God knows we can't stop talking about him. So I'll stand by my answer. Everyone made fun of me, but what can I say? I'm deep in the pit. Praise be our beloved game. Dear Alex B. Wilson, I love, first of all, your voice. Second of all, your scream. Because I feel like it's, you know, a scream that clues utters daily. Well, you'd be a little bit wrong in that, in that I don't consider the great one a villain. My apologies. I consider the great one the greatest mm. player of our game of all time. And therefore, is not a villain to me, but I understand how you would... You don't think he got a villain edit on his first season? Yeah, he was a villain as a player, but then he ascended to one of the greatest bachelordoms of all time. He, if anything, is just a company bachelor, company lead. And I think that it's like, yeah... He had some villainous shit in his in his first seasons or whatever, but overall, you don't get to like come back into the game, crash it in a, a fourth episode, make an end run on Paradise, become The Bachelor. That, to me, is something a little different. I'm not in any way disparaging Alex B. Wilson's estimate of him being a Bachelor, that analysis. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I do love the scream in that it shows very clearly what can happen to you once you get into the pit. You can be having a conversation or in some situation where some phrase or term is uttered and they're talking about something else completely. But to you, it only refers to mm -hmm. bachelor shit. That happens to me all the fucking time. I mean, <laughs> I can't even count how many times that's happened. Yeah. I mean, if I hear the phrase wind up or I hear depends, if I just hear the word depends, <laughs> At this point, if I if anyone tells me they're sick, they've got an injury of some kind, they're just even feel, feeling tired, I'm like, oh, they're playing an IFI. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll have like plans to go over to a friend's house or something. And it's like, ah, I'm just kind of like tired. I'm a little run down. Today was a busy day at work. I'm like, motherfuckers, IFIing me. That'll literally go through my head every time. Yeah, I love that. It's like you can't even think of a villain from like books or movies or anything or even like you know satan voldemort darth vader none of that shit comes to mind yeah <laughs> it's nick vile but uh thank you very much alex b wilson for the scream <coughs> this is a fantastic one i love to hear the great one's name mentioned even if he's being misidentified as a villain and once again if you would like to submit your scream to the pit 
please go to patreon.com slash gamerroses. Get on that Discord. Fire up your phone and send us your screams. We love to hear them. But that rounds out this week in Bachelor Nation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We will be back on Monday with a very special Digging Deeper in which we are going to be going through the announcement and reaction to all of the controversies surrounding Nate Mitchell. We also have some clips that uh, discuss the creation of the word Huju and who is to be credited for that. Spoiler alert, it's us. We created that term. Um, And then we just have a bunch Mm -hmm. of sauce. There's so much sauce on clickbait this week that we got to dig through it. So we hope you'll join us for that on Monday. But before we go, as always, what is that drawback? It has been 7,452 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be King Kang. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then